Hey, greetings everybody. This is Wesley Pfeffer. This is the Artlexia Podcast. This is episode 87. And I'm with my sister. Zangosi. Um, so great to be with you guys again. Yeah. Great to see everybody. Uh just quickly uh on a shout out. Thanks to all the likes, comments, and uh love we're getting from everybody from all over the world. Thanks, guys. Like this, we really appreciate it. Thanks to all the likes on our Facebook page. Um, it's actually growing. Um, actually, it's actually growing pretty, pretty nicely, pretty organically. There's some interesting names in there. Thanks to everybody for tuning in, man. And also to our last week's guest, Candace Harris, dope as uh, 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 <laughs> episode. As you remember, we got uh, messed up with the uh, load shedding in the end. It got a bit dark. Um, but yeah, we just ran with it. I think it came out very well. So thanks, Candace, for coming through too, man. Remember, guys, um, yeah, man, we're all on social media pages, so check us out. Remember to like, subscribe, and comment to these episodes. Um, yeah, man, and we'll show you the love back. And who knows, maybe in the future, we'll feature you on this platform. Um, just one more thing before Caesar brings into our guests. We've got a really cool guest today, really looking forward to it. Uh, we're going to talk poetry. So we've been doing two episodes of poetry, and uh, it's not like I've been counting, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it's just two weeks, and uh, we're gonna mix it up. Also, we have got some. We're lining up some really interesting stuff, man. Um, real cool uh, events coming up. Actually, I wanted to name drop something, but I just realized oh, I want to just save that for next week. Um, and remember, just in closing, uh, remember our email address is theartlexia.podcast.gmail.com. Drop us an email there. <laughs> drop us an email there if you. Uh, yeah. If you want to reach yeah. out, um, I stopped giving out my email address for obvious reasons. It gets creepy. So, yeah. Um, so, Cesar, you've been doing well and you'll introduce our guest today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I welcome uh, my brother, Raphael de Abdon. And I just want to start this on a very peaceful note and say, just like the previous episode, I have your copy. It's a sign. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll talk about it, but thank you, Caesar. <laughs> still have your copy. It's signed, you know. I've come to take you home by day after. So, um, I, I, so much love to you, brother, and it's so good to be with you here. I mean, we have so much respect, uh, for you. Uput Rafael is actually in the academic space. He's a doctor. He did his PhD in linguistics and um, literature studies, right? I, I think it was in Udine in Italy and mm-hmm. um, back in um, academia at UNISA currently. Oh. And I mean... Not yeah. anymore, not anymore, but yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, but I mean, we've been following your work and um, so much to talk about. So welcome, my brother, and thank you. For making time today to join us to talk about your work Thank so you, if you can just like introduce yourself and then yeah and properly do that by reading us a poem and then we'll um we'll take it from there Thank you, Caesar, and uh, thank you, Wesley, for having me. It's really a pleasure to be with you guys because you guys have been uh, with me in this journey from the beginning you know, because, um, yes, I am, you know, in an academic space. I'm not at UNISA anymore. 
actually since uh, 2018. So uh, I'm still obviously doing research. I joined the HSRC, the Human Sciences Research Council, as a as an associate researcher. My nine to five job, though, is a is a teacher. I, I teach, you know, in an yeah. international school in Pretoria. Teach literature, of course, history as well. So things that I'm, I'm are, are dear to me. And as you say, my background obviously uh, is from literature. Okay, and. Um, on top of that, I'm a poet, you know, and that's why I'm saying it's it's great to be with you because I started this journey when I moved here in South Africa in 2008. Wow. And you guys were some of the guys that were already there, you know, pushing it and doing great yeah. things. And I've been inspired by guys like you, you know, I, that's that's how I started writing poetry. So, you, you, you know, you remember the times of Oro Cafe and, and whatever, yeah, you know, followed. Exactly. That's what fueled really my passion for, for, for poetry. And I would ever be, uh, will always be grateful to yeah. you guys for and creating you know, that space yeah. for us. You know, Raphael, we actually worked on a haiku together. <laughs> I want to revisit. <laughs> I want to revisit it and see how you know. Like maybe we should we should put it out there. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I mean, we're very humble to have you here today as well. Thank so, you. if you don't mind, can you kick us off with a poem? I mean, we're interested um, in your work. <laughs> yes. So I've. Um... Interestingly, uh, I have uh, brought some haiku, but this wasn't prepared, right, at all. So it's interesting that you mentioned the haiku that we that we did together long ago. I'm not mm. going to start with the haiku, though. Maybe I'm going to read them later, because yeah. it's they are part of a project that I'm that I'm uh, working uh, at the moment, working mm. at at the moment. But I will start with a, a new poem that is going to be published soon in a in an academic journal. Something kind of unusual for me. I don't. Um, really, like I use those spaces for poetry. You know, I, I publish articles there, but this one, it's going to appear. It's going to appear in a journal called Shakespeare in Southern Africa, which is also something outside my comfort zone. But maybe I'll read the poem first, and then maybe we can talk about the the, the, the story behind it, and how he ended up in this journal dedicated to Shakespeare. Your... The, po <laughs> the poem is called Shakespeare didn't work for me until I hit my 30s. Too many unschooled teachers telling me how damn good he was and too many insipid Hollywood versions of his stuff. I found the sonnets honeyed and to be or not to be, that is the question, the wakest line ever, I still do. Reading him was like strolling in a fog wrapped sunflower field. And it took an Italian buffoon to pull the bard soul out of the page and unlock the magic. His grunts and ululations, his screams and contortions blew the fog away. And the mad kings, the cunning queens, the wise fools, the blind earls, the smart witches, the horny hairesses, the doomed lovers, the insolent monsters, the airy spirits, and the vengeful ghosts popped up one by one, tap dancing, on the sunflowers. Now I'm in my late forties and it works just fine. I even like the sonnets. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I enjoyed wow. that, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so okay how uh, i ended up writing about uh, shakespeare and my late discovery of shakespeare because first of all i think it is a common experience unfortunately i would say to not like shakespeare because you know it is in my view imposed on students not in the right spaces and at the right time. I mean, we're not gonna go into the details of how poetry is taught in this country and elsewhere, but that's at least, that, that is at least my experience. You know, that when you approach Shakespeare at school, unless you have a fantastic teacher, it is really hard, you know, for a I young uh, student to, to grasp, you know, the depth of his writing I and all the nuances of the languages, etc. So that's why I said, you know, I, I, I you know, it didn't kick in for me until I was 30. And that's the story is the, what the story that I tell in the poem is that only via this Italian actor whose name is Carmelo Bene is only via him that I started to appreciate uh, Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I started reading his stuff and, you know, now I love him. I know, you know, under no circumstances, an expert on Shakespeare, but I've read, you know, his, his most important works and, and, you know, learned a lot from it as a writer, as a poet. And I ended up writing an article for, for this journal, which will be published soon, you know, thanks to actually uh, Professor Chris Truman of Witz, who is a very open-minded and cutting-edge scholar. He invited me to give a seminar on this Italian actor, Carmelo Bene, and his engagement, which I did last year for, for, for him and, and, and his students. And, you know, uh, then from there came the article and the poem. So that's one of the projects that I'm that I'm busy working um, at now. This this article that is going to come uh, come out soon, as you know, with academic articles, I'm busy revising it after you get the feedback, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so as the conclusions of this article is the poem, you know, which is something that I actually uh, do. I I always infuse my academic papers with with poetry, um, mm -hmm. and you know maybe we can talk about that also as well, the engagement between these two words that are often incommunicado, but yeah. there are ways of breaking that means not incommunicado and, and, and miscommunication. Mm. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And I mean, Raphael, I can totally relate to Shakespeare and what you meant. Like, and you are right, if you don't get a correct teacher for that, like it's a nightmare, but how do you feel about that, honestly, um, because I mean, I find that it's easier to teach from a point where I can relate. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So when I when I teach anything, any literature, it will start. It will be South African first. Exactly. And then later we learn all the forms because it's important to you know to see what's been done. And, that. How do you feel about that? Like well, absolutely. I mean, as you know, part of my job as a as an educator as well is to find new ways. And I've been, you know, part of a working team actually, who has been mm -hmm. working on this is ZAP, the South African Poetry Project. Mm -hmm. And we've been busy for 10 years now, um, elaborating and uh, uh, creating new ways of teaching poetry in schools so that we teach poetry in a way that is engaging, that, that you know, that is uh, relatable for the students, that is situated, you know, in South Africa, and so on and so on. And so, obviously, as you say, I, I, I fully agree. I mean, for a young student to be able to uh, 
fuel his or her passion for poetry, or even, you know, to bring to the classroom the poet, the passion that they have outside of it, because a lot of students do engage with poetry outside the classroom, right? Yeah. Then why should they come to the classroom and, and see poetry as something arid, you know, delinked to their experience? So we, we've been working on this and many other aspects so that finally, you know, poetry can be taught in a way that can empower children rather than you know um, putting them in a situation where they find where they find themselves uncomfortable or you know simply disconnected that's why mm -hmm. i'm saying you know to my experience well shakespeare is a great uh, author to study but at some point of your trajectory as a reader or as a student also you know but yeah it's it's a big issue but that's you know i agree with you in the sense that let's first uh, expose the students to poetry that is close to them in terms of era, in terms of the area, the genealogy, and all this language. element that made the language, of course, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. And so all the things that can uh, create this connection between the learner and, and poetry. And then, you know, later on, they can explore Ezra Pound and Eliot and Shakespeare and whoever they want. Yeah. 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 So, and then um, I don't know. Um, just before you come in, there, um, I'm interested in do you do you do you write in Italian? <laughs> talking of language, um, um in your mother tongue. Like when you um, also just a follow up, like a question on that. Like when you say you teach poetry, you teach in, is your medium English? Um, or is there any other African language? No, obviously I teach. Uh, plus, I teach. I work in a in a Cambridge school, so I don't know if you are familiar, but we have a Cambridge curriculum which is very British center. Even mm -hmm. though I do teach, uh, you know, poem poets like uh, I teach Jackie Kay, who's a um, you know Afro Scottish poet. And I've taught in Google in the past. So there are gaps or cracks in the curriculum that you can, you know, work with and uh, work in actually. And, uh, you know, enlarge the spectrum of possibility for, for students. But obviously it's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, British literature in it. So obviously I teach, I teach poetry in English um, and mostly from, from the British uh, world. But... Um, also, to go back to your uh, question, Cesar, I do write in Italian, but I write academically in Italian. I write short stories in Italian. I don't write poetry in Italian. I tried, and it was so bad and that, that I stopped immediately. Um, mm -hmm. Because as I was saying to you, I mean, I started writing here. So I consider myself a South African poet, 100%. Mm -hmm. I'm not an Italian poet at all. I'm I'm a, I'm an Italian, you know, living in South Africa, uh, but a South African poet, hundred percent. I I I only write in English. I only write in English, and okay. with a South African, you know, background as a poet. Background and culture for sure. But do you do you translate from English to Italian? Because I know I'm struggling with that. Mm -hmm. In particular, like when I write in my mother tongue to translate to English. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, um, I feel like we're <laughs> So I'm not the only one who have that uh, love and hate relationship with my mother tongue. Um, okay, so this book is 
my latest book, okay? Yes, I wanted to talk about that, yes. Um, so it is selected poem and then Poesia Shelter, which is basically a bilingual book, right? In Italian and English. So it's a selected okay. poems uh, of my uh, first tenure as a poet with a front page translation in Italian, but I didn't do the translation. It's uh, the translation was made by, by an Italian poet because to be honest, for me, it is already, you know, a big effort to be able to create something uh, in English, to be able to write poetry in English. And as you know, as a translator, you know, that's a, that's a different work. You know, you have to not only be able to use the language, but you actually have to recreate a poem. And I don't think it is my task to rewrite my own poems in Italian. So I, I let, I let, I mean, they've, my poems have been translated in Italian before. So I let other, other Italian poets do it. And even in this case, the translator is called Lorenzo Mari, is a friend of mine and a great Italian poet. So he did, he did the translation. I never, I never translate my poetry. I, I, I'm also, I'm not interested in it, to be honest. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's not my job. It's the job of the Italian poets if they are interested in exploring my South African poetry. Raphael, just for the, yeah. just for the listeners, can you just give us the title of your book again? It's called Selected Poems. Selected Poems, Poesia Shelter in Italian, 2010-2020. And it's, um, unfortunately, obviously, you know, for logistical reasons, it's not uh, available in South African bookstores because it was uh, published for the Italian market. It is a book that is presenting me to the Italian uh, readership. Okay. Uh, it's obviously available on every online platform if people want to order it, but uh, you know how it works. For poetry books, there's no point in having an international distributor when you know, we know what the sales are uh, here. So mm -hmm. if people want to buy it, they, they, they can find it on Amazon and all the other okay. online platforms, yeah. Okay, and like Ravi, as a as a as a South African poet, like who who did you read? I I, I know you did this beautiful tribute for Ubabdon Matera, um, on the BKO magazine. But who else do you read? Like you know, just with the poetry itself, mm -hmm. who style or, or voice do you feel yeah. more? Well, yeah. I mean, my my approach to literature in literature in general is um, to be as random as possible in my selection, uh, geographically, in terms of the eras, in terms of the style, in terms of the genre. So if we narrow it down to, to, to South African poetry, and I use the same approach, I read everything. I read the white old academic poet, and I read the young slammer, and I read, you know, the black, you know, poet with a different background. So I, I try to explore everything because that helps me as a writer. Because as a writer, my approach to writing is I don't want to write like any one of them. I want to find something that is different, that doesn't belong to any of these space, which is somehow risky because you run the risk of being excluded by all these spaces. But it's rewarding when you know, your poetry is acknowledged and it doesn't really fit into any of these boxes. I don't know if that makes sense. 
So, you know, if you ask me what are who are my favorite South African poets, there are many, but if I have to look at three different generations, I would say Domatera and Brawili from the old one, mm -hmm. Filippa, and uh, perhaps, well, Maisha definitely. And then among the young poets, I would say Busi Mashangu, Jelem mm. Simang. Yeah, if I have to choose three from three different generations, I would I would mention these names. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and yeah, uh, go on. Yeah, uh, for the listeners, man, can you take us through your processes? How do you go about writing a poem? Um, so just take us through how you your process, man, and, and like sort of what, because um, you're an academic, what um, triggers or what inspires you to write? How, how do you, how, how do others write the answer if you today I'm going write poetry? Yeah, just take us through your headspace and that type of, and, and your process. Yeah. So, so what inspires me, what, what uh, fuels my writing is reading. So yeah. I read as much as possible. I explore a certain writer for a certain period or a certain journal, for instance, for a certain period. And I see what is, what are the common themes and what are the type of forms and dictions that, uh, um, you know, pop up from that particular space. And as I said, I do that so that I will not replicate it. And I will create a synthesis of different influences, right? Mm -hmm. So, and uh, in terms of like technique, I don't have like a particular one. I write every day, I edit a lot. And what a poem has to do for me to be considered sort of ready to be, you know, shared either in a journal or on a stage, it has to sound musical to me. It has to treat a certain subject matter that hasn't really been treated before in this context, or to treat it in a in a from a new perspective. And uh, my rule number one is for what distinguishes poetry from prose is the economy of language. So mm. it has to be stripped to the language has to be stripped to the bone. That's why I spent even more time editing than writing. Be writing, mm. you know, you can scribble a few notes in, in five minutes, but to get a poem out of, you know, random notes, that takes perhaps, you know, sometimes even years. Mm. So my process is quite rigorous in the sense that uh, I have these different steps, okay? I find the inspiration from different sources. I write something that I think can possibly work, and then I have to edit it and, uh, you know, hopefully, at the end of this long process, something good might come out. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I love everything you're saying. I mean, um, I know the culture of reading in South Africa. I mean, it's an exciting time, I think, in the literature space. There's so much work yeah. coming from South Africa. And I hope that, you know, um, the younger generation knows that it's important to read and there is context, yeah. you know, outside here to read because South African writers are really just um, doing the pots like yourself and yeah, editing, you know, spending time with the poem and like trimming it down, yeah. getting down to the bone, like you say. So yeah, that's, um, thank you for sharing that. I mean, we hope to use this platform as well to share this information, Raphael, you know, cause- yeah, um, Unfortunately, 
poetry is not out there really and the aren't enough workshops like the access issue is still a thing yeah so i mean we're hoping to use this platform to be able to you know share this knowledge so that the quality of our work grows because we're excited we love south african <laughs> Thank poetry, you. you know and speaking of which my brother do you mind reading us another yes i poem? was about um, to ask for one yeah <laughs> yeah because right. i also wanted to um like you know when you prepare to read that one just talk a little about the form because i know you're interested in form yeah. like in form. okay but um please go ahead mm -hmm. so do you want me to read the poem first or or with and then maybe we have the discussion on form or or vice yeah. versa first yeah maybe uh, let's read the poem first and then we you know and then we discuss it after yeah all right, yeah. so I'm gonna read, as I say, I brought new ones, relatively new ones. This one was published in New Contrast, and I'm reading it because I've been invited to be part of McGregor, the festival in, uh, in, in the Cape in November. And I've been invited by a group of, by a poet that is organizing a group of poets that have been uh, um, published in New Contrast. So we don't know yet if they are going to accept our proposal or not. But just in case, you know, if I go there, I will write, I will read this poem that uh, is published in a 2021, spring 2021 issue of New Contrast. It's called The Two Fellow Performer, Performers, The Two Fellow Performers. And there is an epigraph from Oximandias by Percy Bysshe Shelley that says, I met a traveler from an antique land. A Saturday morning, orange and open-armed with sunbeams, I'm reading poetry at a posh retirement home. The wrought iron gate spreads apart. I drive slower than necessary to hear pebble crunching along the tree-lined gravel avenue. On the right, elders stro stroll on a garden. On the left, a duck leads six ducklings through a water lily maze. A nurse from another century welcomes me, tells me to follow her to the tea room where I will do my reading. At the center of it, a Stanway and Sons concert grand, cows, shiny, regal, a white shirt, a black tailcoat, a black bow tie, black socks, and black undies neatly folded over an eye chair. Black polished shoes underneath it, a disrobed, raw-boned man is playing a Chopin nocturne. His bag-like skin spilling from his waist, his arms saggy, his hair sparse, thin, his fingers greyhound swift. A composer once, they tell me later. The nurse brings me a cup of tea, no snigger, no stare of disbelief. I ask, sister, what the hell? She explains he only plays if naked, tells me not to worry, to just adhere to the house traditions. A lady dressed in violet walks in over the notes reciting Ozymandias. She treads the path for a bunch of guests reaching for the seats. Her voice sends a shudder through me. An opera singer once, they tell me later. When the ritual is completed, they make a move together. He dresses up. She hands him the clothes unhurried. Holding hands, they join the season lot. I finish my tea, draft this, and subvert the set I had prepared for my reading. 
I kick off with Shelley's music when soft voices die and Lovecraft's nemesis. Then I switch to my own stuff. The two fellow performers nod. My fate in beauty and destiny growing heftier with each verse I read. This is kind of based on a... <laughs> it is kind of based on a true story in the sense okay. that I did a reading in a retirement house and there was this naked man playing the piano. <laughs> so I'm like, I have to write about it. I made some stuff up to make up the poem, but, uh, you know, it was inspired by by some I of these things that happen when you do readings in all these different spaces. If the naked man was a, I mean, it was a distraction I can, I can think, yeah? I mean, after all, I loved it, you know, if that was his way of keeping himself young and inspired, you know, well, mm. so be it, you know. Nobody had a problem with that and neither did I, so... You know, it was a, it was something to write about, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I think I think that's what I enjoy about your poetry, Raphael, is that, um, you know, it's honest and you're using a very simple language. Mm -hmm. um, and then you just like play around with the images. And I, I quite enjoy that, that, that authenticity, that, that your voice is you, you know, and <laughs> And I suppose it comes from also reading, like you said, it comes from um, reading a whole range so that you can find a voice. We had just read a poem, Raphael, and we we're talking about the language, the plain language, and, and actually the, the reflection of the society. You know, you talk about a re from a real life like experience, which is it might sound simple, but obviously there's depth to that. There's a lot of social commentary in that um, that piece. Yeah, uh, can you can you give us the title again? You said it's called. This one is called the Two Fellow Performers. The Two Fellow Performers. Yeah, yeah. and so far it's been published only only in New Contrast. Uh, you know, maybe it will appear in my next uh, collection if there will be one, but yeah, you can find it on, on New Contrast for now. Okay, yeah. So yeah, Wes? Um, yeah, I'm yeah. just something here real quick, but uh, yeah, Rafael, like you were like just saying offline, um, you you say uh, wind, uh, hold on, hold on, sorry. Ah, here we go. Um, yeah, just like we were talking offline, um, before the break, just to the listeners as well, you know, on this platform, we're also very interested to talk and to find out how artists are adapting to the new reality, to this post-pandemic world, how they adapt to the digital space. Um, because it's very it's, it's, it's very good data for ourselves. As, as you guys know, like we're setting up a company, a tech startup. Uh, we'll be doing the app where we'll be broadcasting this type of work and um, just offering an alternative platform, but strictly just for art and for artists. Um, so my brother, let me just lead you in there. So what, we've, what I've noticed, um, in um, in this post-pandemic world um, is how artists' is subject matter has changed. And this is across the board, so it's musicians, um, everybody really. So um, the subject matter, um, not dramatically, but it has changed. Um, some people have also become a bit more spiritual, um, some a bit more, mm -hmm. a bit more radical, um, and so forth and so forth. Um, you know, as a writer, you know, most artists, when I asked them, yeah, they said they didn't really mind you know, being an isolator because we actually we work like that, so it's nothing new to everybody. 
But with that said, it still did change a lot. Um, you know, this whole pandemic did change a lot. Um, how did it affect you? And uh, how are you interacting with the with the digital world, man? How? Because you've got a pretty active Facebook page. So, yeah. yeah. Let's just take it from here. Interesting question that makes me reflect on, on this. Uh, you know, where are we at after the, after the pandemic, you know, um, revolution in a way because it's really yeah. uh, cha changed our life, you know, and I don't think it's ever going to uh, completely go back to where it was before, you know, mm -hmm. it was, it was a big shift. Um, so personally, I, I didn't really like the, the isolation and the fact that we were not allowed to meet physically with other people for such a long time, but you know, uh, it, it became a necessity for many reasons. Uh, personally, as a poet, I mean, the best moment for me is when uh, I can share something, you know, mm -hmm. on a stage and engage with my friends or with an audience in general. You know, that's the, the best, the, 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 the moment that I really treasure more, that, that most inspires me, etc. So I miss that a lot, right? Well, I, I think, you know, we, we all did in a different degrees. But, you know, obviously, during that time, we started to do things online. We started to do Zoom uh, events, you know, and I must say I was quite busy, uh, you know, I got invitations and stuff. And, you know, I started to, to, to look at what were the positive aspects of, of the digital space. Number one for me was that the digital space really brought out uh, who the writers were because the gimmicks don't work on Zoom. So, you know, you were Brilliant. able, well, Brilliant. I mean, that's clear. It, it mm, came up quite clear that people who were like very flamboyant on stage and could, you know, uh, you know, occupy that space with power, they had to, they had to readapt. So in the long term during this time, you know, you, 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 you could see who were the ones who had substantial writing to bring uh, forward, you know, in this, in these digital uh, platforms. And number two, which for me is good, you know, I always try to not only to write better myself, but my dream is to be in a community where we all continuously, you know, try to be better writers, which to be honest, doesn't happen all the time, yeah, right? Yeah. In, in the public, uh, in the performance spaces in South Africa. So that was, that was a positive thing. And the other positive thing is to reach that you could reach, you know, audiences that you wouldn't reach, you know, in a, in a live event. Um, and so even after we started to do live events as well, my first one was at Black Labon in the, in the center of Pretoria, an amazing space, you know, in the heart of Pretoria, in the middle of buildings, DJ set like stage and you know very very passionate crowd so it was amazing that was my first you know uh, going back to a live event so it energized me a lot and uh, but I, I also continued to do online uh, you know online readings or online sessions like this one because I think as I say I could now reach people that I wouldn't have reached uh, without the digital space when I launched my book I launched it twice um, and because it is published in Italy, one time we launched it for the Italian uh, public, and the second time we launched it for the, for the South Africa or the English-speaking, uh, you know, uh, world. And both times we did it online, and it, and it was both time it was amazing. You know, I could, you know, invite poets. One wasn't staying in the Mauritius, 
Another one was in Cape Town. Filippo was staying in Joburg. I was staying in Pretoria. My translator was staying in Bologna in Italy. I mean, imagine if I had to do this live, we would never have a budget to do that, right? So you can, you can get the best out of the digital space, which is limiting in many ways, but it's, it can also be, you know, it can also have its own uh, practical advantages. And so yeah, I think I will, keep, I will keep using it. That's yeah. a very interesting question. Thanks for that. Cesar, you want to say? Yeah. No, I wanted to say actually, because, you know, I really miss poetry readings without like being, like poetry readings being a show, you know. Have you done, have you done any after, after the, you know, pandemic sort of was kind of relaxed? The pandemic, yeah. sorry, that the COVID, uh, the COVID protocols were relaxed. Have you done like live readings? Yes, yes. We actually host greenhouse sessions here in Kimberley. So oh, we've created cool. the space ourselves, you know. And yeah, it's been pretty amazing. Because yeah. I miss those 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 sessions, yeah. you know, where you know, you're just a writer, you you you're hearing out other people's writings. It's not like you are judged harshly. Yes, yes. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> oh, you don't in in and whatever um yeah so i i miss those actually yeah. um i was missing it a lot myself know. yeah hey no i say i was missing it a lot myself during the lockdown and all that yeah yeah but it's just yeah. um, a point just a point we're making there after all about the um the fact that you could uh grow your audience which i think is uh a very mm -hmm. interesting point because that's definitely something i've noticed um uh, <clears throat> and that audience is actually quite huge um, and in many ways, I think, you know, actually maybe still in a few months time, an artist, a poet can actually fill up and get 50,000 people, um, 10,000 at least between, and I think realistically about 10, 20,000 people, not, not easy, but it's definitely possible. And that's a, and that's a rugby yeah. stadium. That's a cricket stadium. That's a sports stadium. Um, um yeah. and I, and I think that's really exciting. So I also enjoy, like Cesar saying, like we have our own, um, um, green, we call them the greenhouse sessions where we actually have little bit of curated crowds. Um, um, you know, like just enjoy the human, <laughs> human like we're not human, but like the people <laughs> experience because, like, yeah, and I, I yeah. think it's great. It's like you really miss that. Like, I, I, I miss it, man. Yeah. Like, honestly, um, and just the energy. I mean, yeah. it's just I love a lot of people in a room, like, even that, like, oh, you know, you don't, you don't get yeah. that anymore. Um, and I can smell another person like, oh shit, it's over. Um, so yeah, there's all nuances like that, which is really magic. But um, yeah, I, mean, I think it's really interesting time. Uh, there's the opportunity to grow yeah. and try to talk about it. Just the, the collaborations, you know, um, yeah. you know, poetry yes, with music is also a beautiful, beautiful collaboration. I mean, I know you, you were also part of the project um, that Maisha did. Um, what was it called again? Um, um, that collection. Oh, to breathe into another voice, the jazz poetry collection, the jazz poetry anthology. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a little bit of yeah. that. That was that was that was very cool. That was a cool project. You were part of it, now. Wow. Yeah, was... I have a I have a poem in there um, called uh, "At the Jazz Club" because you know Maisha obviously was the jazz queen um, even before they started giving her uh, her. Uh, radio program which was something you know simply amazing 
just listening to Maisha's jazz voice was already enough to fill my 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 evening, you know. But then mm. her, her knowledge of jazz music and her passion for jazz music and her passion for jazz poetry, you know. And plus, she was hosting the sessions at the Dan Orbit in Bramfontein mm. with jazz musicians. So obviously, we were we were there from day one with her, and uh, you know, I. You know, I like jazz music and uh, I happen to have written a couple of what we can call jazz poems. And, you know, Maisha uh, liked uh, liked one, one or two. I'm not sure, actually. But I mean, I ended up in the in the anthology and mm. uh, I think it's a groundbreaking anthology because it's, I think, the first one ever of jazz South African of just South African poetry. We know, obviously, that in the past, South Africa have had had great poets who have engaged with jazz, number one being Kerapetze uh, Josicile, but so it wasn't a new thing uh, for, for, the, for, the, for the history of the country, but it was a, it was a unique uh, moment to put together different voices in a, in a single space, in a single anthology. So, I mean, I, would, I will always be grateful to Maisha for, 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 for that opportunity. And we yeah. miss her a lot. We miss her. Like, oh my God, I just missed her. I remember the Josie House of Poetry as well. That you remember Caesar those times. Yeah. Yeah, uh, at the Freedom Station. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad you also just, you know, remembering her spirits. May she continue to rest in peace. We've been losing a lot of poets, you know. Uh, so. She has yeah, left the mark, you know. Moment. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, she did. Um, she did. Thank you. This was colossal. Yeah. I mean, personally, my, my relationship with Maisha went even beyond poetry, you know. I can't, you know, I can spend, you know, a whole session now telling you stories about me, you know, visiting her in Yeovil and just hanging around with her in the house. She was just, she was just a special person, you know, apart from being a great poet and a, a friend, everything, she was, she was special. And she will always be. Oh, and her voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm having goosebumps, yeah. but you know, just yeah. talking too, about like, her. Oh, me too. I just my mood went somewhere else, but so much love for her. Yeah, to her right. and you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, hey, sorry. Just God. Well, now <laughs> I know I'm also very emotional, but let's let's uh it yeah. also <laughs> let's yeah let's do some poetry. I remember, no, I remember <laughs> that you know you, you showed me the, the book that I gave you and it's yours now. Uh it's a gift. I remember we exchanged you gave me a book of Ben Okri and I gave oh, you Diana's yeah. book, you know. <laughs> and yeah. now I was in Cape Town in May this year and, and I was with Diana. And before I went there, I'm like bring a bit a, a copy of your book because I, I lent it to someone who never returned it. So I want another copy. So now we both have one Caesar. So we are cool. Uh, we well, are both we, blessed. We are both blessed with the with the gift from another giant, you know, of, uh, of South African poetry. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, we, yeah. Give thanks. <laughs> we give thanks. And just on that note, maybe, can you read us another poem? Let me read, uh, uh, maybe we can, why don't you read uh, the haiku? Do you have it, the one that we wrote together? Because I was, I was, I was going to read maybe a haiku or two because I want to talk about this project that I'm that I'm uh, busy with. 
Okay. You want me? What? Let me read my. Let me read one first. Okay. So okay. I'm gonna read this. This Aiku is the first I ever I published. I always publish, only published in a journal called Mamba, the Journal of African Aiku, because I believe in in this thing of you know supporting and promoting and exploring this uh, space where this form, the Aiku, uh, is used in the African context. So. I'm uh -huh. going to read this one, the first one. Mm -hmm. It says, Black Mamba, coiled in sugarcane field, sight glistening. Now, so, this one, so the, the journal is called the Mamba, right? I, I read the first issue of the journal and I was totally you know blown away i'm like these are african poets telling african stories with this japanese form and these poems are beautiful so they were so i was so inspired that i tried and 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 wrote my first african haiku right and they the, the editor I'll, maybe i'll talk about him later he happened to liked it and this this poem this haiku that i just wrote um, ended up to be in the opening poem of the second issue, a, an issue that features even Wallace Soinka, right? So it, it was, and since then I've been, you know, uh, writing more, published like six or seven in the Mamba, but all like African-centered haiku, because, sure. well, yeah, let, let me leave it there and then maybe you can read yours and maybe we can continue the conversation. Okay, for sure. You have it. Yeah, I, I do. I do okay. have it. I have it. Oh, you want me to read mine first? Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I thought you. Okay. Was <laughs> you first to find it? <laughs> no, man. Um. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um. I don't know, Raphael. Shall All right. We? Okay. Let me read. Let me read another <laughs> one, and then maybe. It's a haiku, and it's not easy to write when I, I wear because the haiku has got like this form. You have to yeah. have syllable five seven five, and you have. To... <laughs> I'm a bit conscious, of, but but I'll read it. Um, but please go on okay. first. <laughs> should I should I read a second one? Yes. Please. please. Right. Okay, I'm gonna read another another black mamba one. Okay. Broken eggshells, black mambas sneak out from a hole. So I wrote what, what is called as a Black Mamba trilogy. There are three three Black Mamba poems, um, three Black Mamba haiku published in that journal. Now Let's talk about haiku. Like it seems like yeah. a very yeah, simple, a very simple form to approach because it's three lines, you know, there are certain characteristics that are not that difficult to, you know, use certain elements of the of the of the form that are not too difficult to use. I'm not gonna go into the the, 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 the technicalities, but you know, and then there is also this false actually believe sorry Caesar to say that that it has to be 575 mm. which you know it can be 
because that's how the original haiku works in the Japanese language, although yeah. they are not even syllables, but they use the 575. But it is common knowledge in the English speaking world among English writers of haiku that English writers of haiku don't follow that scheme, right? There are other elements that make the haiku. So what makes it difficult, extremely difficult to write is that haiku is not just what you see when you when you read when you read it it has you know it's it's a type of poetry that you have to go back to to fully grasp all the different like layers of it right mm -hmm. yeah so when you when you try to do that and and create a story in three lines that is not just you know the plain story that you read but it's also it has to be metaphorical it has to have other layers it becomes it becomes quite complex for instance yeah. the great masters of haiku those japanese you know pioneers i read that there were some of them that they only wrote maybe four five haiku in their own life they would write one every 10 years that's how you know difficult it was for them to say okay i've reached the level where this is now yes. a, a haiku that is ready yeah. you know so I'm not that <laughs> extreme, but it is a form that requires a lot, a lot of time, a lot of time. And I know. think practice, because you're, if you think of it, it's like it, it, it's really just narrowing everything you need to say in three lines. And, yeah. you know, and it's, it's difficult as it is to trim down a poem. You know, it, it, poetry is not easy to write because, you know, getting to the point of it, it's just so it's a beautiful art anyway um so i'd rather not read that one <laughs> okay like I'm, I'm i'm really interested in form because um also like we were talking about music now like currently like with me i'm interested in in in, in form that that is created by music you know uh that that is natural and, and i don't know i'm just exploring that i never really cared much about Oh, this is a sonnet. This is like that stuff really uh, didn't matter, but I appreciate <clears throat> the work it goes into it. Um, which is which leads me to the next question, Raphael. Like, what do you think the young poet really needs to know about writing good poetry? You know, um, because I find that there's a very thin line. Also, I don't know. It's it's a bit frustrating at some point because. There's a lot of self-publishing as well. I feel like sometimes people feel like I can just be a poet tomorrow, which is fine. I'm not dismissing that, but just for the for the sake of the the art itself of writing poetry, what what can the young writer know? I mean, it's a it's a difficult question because if you ask me personally, I mean, I I would say there's nothing that a young uh, person not let's not even say poet that a young person needs to hear from from an old fat like me they have to find their own way you know it's good that they explore you know things in their own way and they find their own language and they find their own tools to, mm -hmm. to tell their stories and which they do which is fantastic you know uh, i'm that's why i'm you know probably i'm 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 the old poet that is more present than anyone, at least in Johannesburg and Pretoria, in, in the youth spaces. Because I, I enjoy being there, you know, I like to see how they express themselves. And the and I and I really respect 
can treasure the spaces that they have created, right? So, yeah. you know, I I'm, I can't I don't want to be prescriptive and say you know to in order to write good poetry they have to do A, B, and C because it's it's not my job, right? What I can do is to share you know what I've learned through my journey because you know perhaps I've been there for a bit longer. And I can maybe say, you know, if this is what you have chosen and you want to be a poet, right? Let's say a poet, okay? It's fine that you take care of the performative aspects of poetry because poetry cannot be separated by performance. You know, the two things go together necessarily. But if you want to be a poet, then you also have to be a writer. To be a good performer and be able to create something that works on a stage, it's fine, but remember that you are limiting yourself to that space. Mm. If you want to be an all-around poet, you have to be able to create something that can be relevant and 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 you know solid, even outside the performance space, right? Mm. So my advice is, you know, maybe write something that is specific for the stage, and if you want to, you know, excel in a in a festival or winner's lamb, you know, you will write for that specific purpose, but don't limit yourself to that if you mm. want to call yourself a poet. Because no. yeah, you know, I think that resonates across almost every creative um, uh, genre of practice. And I totally, totally agree with you there. Um, 100%. Man. Yeah. Cesar, you want to say something? And my, and my, my suggestion is always the same read, 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 yeah. read, read. Yeah. Because the more you read, <clears throat> yeah, well, because I, I wanted to say that, like, I feel yeah. like we are ready, you know, this this writing space sometimes, I mean, we need readers, like Raphael is rightfully saying, so that we get criticism and we engage each other more. And I mean, we have reviews, you know, in the academic space, um, it's very difficult to even find work on our own people, you know, to reference as a point to look up to. And learn from so yeah i'm yeah, excited also mm -hmm. mm, I yeah. mean, for me let's not even blame the academics because to be honest that's not the space where the change is gonna come from you know we know how conservative uh south africa south african academia is i mean obviously with exceptions but in general that's not where the change is gonna come from so why the, what i notice is that we don't engage with each other enough if you look at the past generations, the Nadna Kaza and, uh, you know, the Kantemba and the Lewis and Cozy, they did read all the, each other's work. They, they wrote on each other's works and exactly. including, yeah, so that's, that's something that is missing in our community. And, you know, it's something that I've been trying to also, you know, push. Last year, I wrote, I published, co-published with Katleho Shoro and Vuzumuzi Pakati. We published a book called The Constant Reader, which was only reviews of uh, poetry collection by South African poets or poetry shows done by South African poets or CD poetry. So it was a way of engaging with our peers. Yeah. Which we don't do enough. Which we don't do um, enough, for sure. The, um, and I mean, I think... Uh, oh. So go, go ahead, Cesar. Okay, no, because I wanted to say, I'm mentioning that, Rafael, because, um, you know, I'm also in the academic space, and I think, yes, we should use that space actually to, you know, to push the work, because if, if you're not a writer of poetry, at least you can criticize it, 
-hmm. and appreciate and buy it and like it yeah. becomes part of your lifestyle you know and, and and that's why i'm saying this is such an exciting time even with this um with the athletes podcast space where yeah. we share information honestly you know our experiences and um we are building each other but yeah i really appreciate your work man we we, we do we celebrate ourselves here i keep on saying so yeah. we're celebrating you rafael today uh we give thank you so much yeah yeah man i think yeah. i was gonna say i was gonna, I was gonna add on say, say similar things he's like yeah on this platform as you're saying like with artists uh, not engaging i just want to add yeah like um I've, I've i've noticed that the digital space is actually the most accessible one where you can reach and engage artists because we all tear the dwarf to our devices constantly anyway um, um and um i've also noticed that i actually want to bring something up that's like so i was gonna say um i do um yeah the, the, the fact that artists don't don't always interact that's actually also across across all the uh, uh, uh as well it is a bit concerning but it's also something that's been going on since i came since i've started out as well um, um i had to always get even as a visual artist or for somebody to engage my work i could go to them i could go to a space nobody really came uh towards um to, to me so it is a it is a conflict within our industry but i do believe that this digital space does break that and on this platform and like that's what we're trying to do man we're trying to get the writers or the artists like like enough times so you can talk your heart out man and you can talk you can read um i think it's very important and um yeah man i think you know yeah <laughs> anything no, else thanks, thanks for creating these spaces because another thing of the digital space is that it gets recorded so it's there you know it's not lost yeah. it doesn't get lost it's a sort of archiving yeah. our times um so you know, thanks for the amazing work. And I agree with you. We, we must use it as much as possible and in the best possible way. Yeah. And this work is, it, you know, it exists. Like you can go check any of the past 87 episodes. Everybody is there. Um, um, all the movement shakers are there. The musicians are there. They're like visual artists um, talking talking their art out, man. And it's a beautiful, you know, just, just for me as a host, just to be engaged in that. It's incredible. It's incredible. Um, and it also gives rise to a lot of ideas. And that's what I love, man. I, um, because usually I'm so wired after each recording, you know, like the brain is like, I'm wired, you know, like, fuck, man. Like, I've got, oh, shit, like, I'm a like, oh, like, that's good. That's good. I love it. I love it. it it's, it really keeps the soul. Um, yeah. I, mean, I just love it. <laughs> I just enjoy it. Um, <laughs> Thank, yeah, thank you guys. I mean, as I say, it's it's particularly you know rewarding and 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 inspiring for me to be with guys like you. I mean, because you know you have a significant place in my own journey. So thank you, thank you for having me. That's also like thanks for thanks for that, Rafael. Man, like that's also cool, man. Um, to yeah. what I what I also love about the about the art journey is that like you know you don't you know you don't see everybody all the time, but when you do connect, and it's real, it's genuine, and 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 it's meaningful. Yeah. And um, like that's just that's just what it's all about, man. Um, um, that's Absolutely. just that's just like um, um, is a thing of the of the high quality that was really fascinating. I, I I really enjoyed that. I like where you broke it down. I actually didn't know that that takes like ten years. I found it was actually quite abstract. You know, I would read it like okay. <laughs> well, um, but I but I but I understand like now you now you see like closer like wow okay sure I get it. I get it. It's it's yeah. um, it's quite it's um it's quite intense. Um, it's for the real reader, the real poet. Yeah, and this. Uh... I mean, 
I, I started writing like seriously haiku maybe seven years ago. And if you look at it, I've published like six or seven. It means one, one, a year, one per year, oh, yeah. you know, and which means that 90% of the other haiku that I've written were rubbish that are, are in my dustbin now. You know so how it, 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 about reading that one? Sorry? You know, you understand how I feel about not reading. <laughs> but no, don't worry about that. No, <laughs> you know, it takes time, Caesar. It takes time, you know. So, and obvious, I'm not even saying my my haiku are that good. But why, why I, I, I was sharing them is because something interesting happened a few days ago. I was contacted by a Russian poet that came across my haiku. And he's busy translating haiku from different parts of the world into Russian. So mm -hmm. it's like, okay, send me your, your uh, I think he read one or two and he says, send me the other ones. And I'm like, okay, look, I published six. I, want, I can't send you more than that. Tell me what you want to do with them. Maybe you'll choose one or two. And then I send them to him and he liked them all. So they have probably been going to be translated into Russia, which is That's something, actually, you know. It's crazy. Really it's like it's a it's a triangle, like it's Jap yeah. Japan, South Africa, Russia. It's, yeah. it's, ah. it's interesting. Yeah, it's ah, okay. interesting. I just added another layer <laughs> to that. Uh, it's, it's actually very political, actually. I, I love I love this. I lo no, I love I love this. Uh, um, you know, kind of the idea that poetry transcends boundaries. Yeah, I, I I strongly believe in that. So when things like this happen, it strengthens this idea of mine that we write to transcend boundaries, mm. all, all type of boundaries. So, uh, Rafael, we were actually wrapping up on your current, um, on your project with the with the Russians, um, 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 interpreting your work, which is a fantastic thing, and many congratulations for that. Um, um, I've actually never worked, or I've actually never met anybody from Russia. Um, so that's one one part of the world I'd definitely like to collaborate with. Um, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm a big Trotsky fan, well, you know, so, so a big mm -hmm. fan of actually Russian culture and the future and so forth. Um, so yeah, I mean, could you, could you, could we just wrap up? So yes, it, it, it asked me to submit uh, the haiku that uh, I thought could like, you know, be uh, my best works. And I, I send them, I send him haiku and, and he liked them all. Um, positive uh, feedback and he says he wants to he wants to include all of them in this anthology that he's curating and he sent me the Russian translation which obviously was very beautiful to 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 look at because you know they have this beautiful alphabet unfortunately sense, yeah. I can't I, yeah I, that's the Cyrillic but unfortunately I can't I can't speak Russian but it's it's amazing to see how uh, what what uh, you know comes out of of just exploring literally and and reading other people's work, uh, you never know where and also to publish in different spaces. You never know what's gonna what's gonna uh, happen next. You know, who, who would have ever thought that you know me publishing some haiku in in a journal publishing Ghana would have ended up on the on the desktop of a Russian poet, you know. So that's why uh, I also I like I like to read, you know, it's it's what we were saying before, the more you read, the more you know about this art form, the more you know about how other people are exploring it around the world and, and the more you can grow. Yeah. So, you know, and opportunities also might come up like this one that you never even thought of. 
And uh, it's just the beauty also of being part of this global community of poets. Yeah, and I mean, Rafael, I really think that poetry is a language on its own. Like yes. before the break, you were saying that, you know, one of its beauties that it transcends all yes. borders, you know, it is a feeling and, and, and all of that. And, you know, um, just before we recorded the session, we were thinking, we were talking, actually, Rafael was reminding us about the 10th anniversary of the Mas Maritana massacre, you know, where, you know, our black brothers were killed by the police in the Maricano mines. You know, this was in 2012, about 34 died, you know? And it's it's like a repetition of history, you know? Like we always see this, we always see this. It was 76 the other time. It's always something, you know, this uh, yeah. massacre. And I think just to honor, you know, our brothers and because poetry also can be used as a tool to remember as a memory bank in, you know, we, we cannot forget, we cannot forget. Um, so my brother, if you can um, close us off um, with a poem um, for Margana and before that actually, or after it, I don't know, this, this session was very emotional on many levels. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I would still like to know how to get a hold of you and stuff, but maybe we can do the poetry and just end with the, everything else. <laughs> and, you, and you're asking me to read one of the most emotional poems. The most oh, emotional. Yeah. It's, I think it's quite fitting. You know, because, yeah, I mean, I, you know, my approach, I, I try not to uh, be rhetorical about political issues. So, you know, I don't, I'm not the kind of poet that like looks at a political like a political issue and say I need to write about this. As as Caesar was saying before, I rather include my social commentary, political commentary in in a different story. But this one, you know, was so urgent that is it was one of those poems that came to me. I don't know if you if you understand what I'm talking about. Occasionally, there are poems that just flow out. Yeah, because they they are they are you know somewhere deeply deep into your yeah. subconscious and they they need to come out, and this yeah. was definitely one of them. You know, one of those poems. Again, I'm sure you're familiar with the process that they come out and you hardly have to edit them. They are they they come out already made, Maybe. so to speak. This one was one of the very few. It's and it was inspired by this picture, which I'm sure we all know of the but kids the walking to school next to the dead body of the miner you remember it was all over the newspaper yeah yeah well it yeah. well and it's it it's called walking to school in maricana i've seen black children staring at their father's lifeless bodies on their way to school stale blood cloths under their perfectly polished shoes at school all the teachers were in their place Kozatu did not call no general strike. What for? The English teacher was crying. The math teacher was drunk as usual. The history teacher spoke about the beauty of the new constitution. The geography teacher spoke about the richness of South African soil. In the NYMEX, the platinum future shot up to unprecedented levels. Still, most kids at lunch break had no food in their scuffing. 
with empty stomachs. They all sang Cosi Sikelele Africa, then went back home. Their father's corpses were still there, just a little colder. Yeah, That's that was my immediate response to, yeah, I mean, there's not even much, you know, to say, much more to say about it. We all remember where we were when we heard, you know, one of those moments that you know exactly where you were, what you were doing when you heard about it, you know, and you will never forget and, and the impact that it had on, on all of us, you know. So, and now it's been 10 years. And, 10 years. And workers are still killed and workers are still underpaid and the violence is yeah. still here, you know. Yeah. So reparations and over the very few people brought to justice and one of the guys is our president and um yeah it's um my brother yeah. um you know just to re reiterate what caesar said this has been an incredibly emotional uh you know we touched on some really and it was beautiful i think there's actually a lot of beauty in that um i don't mind becoming emotional if it comes from the soul it comes from the heart of course and, and it has a voice and has a meaning and a purpose so many thanks man and 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 and, and um I think I think this was this was definitely one of the longest recordings we've had um, um today. But I didn't even feel like that because I just think there was so much um 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 to 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 unpack. Um um and like I mean like many my brother, I know you also a very busy man, like with all your projects, all the you know, all the best for that. Um um, you know, like you say you are you are right people you you are you are a South African poet, um, um which means you're part of us, man. And um, um so you know, thanks for flying the flag. Um, all over, you know, like I, in my personal space, I always think that the South African, the specific South African creative is the dopest in the world just because we are forced to multitask with everything all the time um, and we do it to perfection and some of us are so good, we don't even know it and um, yeah, we'd like to offer this platform to, to talk about that, man, um, and also just rest in peace by Isha Jenkins you know, I've, I actually just remembered a few stories and a few things of her as well, um I remember smoking some very strong weed, <laughs> some really strong oh, yeah. shit in the place once, and like I was like, I, it was difficult to get up from the chair, and I consider myself a smoker. <laughs> she was she was old school in in all possible way, and I love that. Yeah, I love like that. So, so yeah, Caesar. Um, in closing, my sister. Yeah, guys, lest we forget, uh, we are grateful for the space and time, my brother, you know, uh, for sharing, for being so generous today and and sharing your processes and your your memories and your journeys. Uh, so much big up to you and so much love to you. We wish you all the best, as Wesley said. And yeah, guys, don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment on these conversations because YouTube um, support everywhere. Yeah. yeah, we want to engage and please follow our brother Raphael. Um, uh, can can you tell us like your social media no, platforms where people where can they engage get with you? Well, I'm I'm an old yeah, guy, no. so I I only have Facebook and. You know, I've been I've been back to open Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and but you know, 
maybe one day but uh, you know we old people <laughs> use facebook <laughs> i don't even have a website so reach out on facebook i'm, I'm there to, to to you know to engage and uh <laughs> yeah but maybe mm. one day i'll i'll, I'll explore <laughs> and thank you for tuning in and thank you for the lab you guys um we'll see you on the next episode thank you so guys thank you so much guys thank you my brother um sleep well and caesar much love one love one love